Ghosts tell us what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all. That's Welcome, what it sounds like. ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as the world famous Smoking and Toasting. We are so excited to be here today doing Smoking and Toasting show number 313. Now, and, uh, for those of you just joining us, uh, mm-hmm. we're planning a nice party at 300 and 333 that's right because that just sounds like an awesome number uh it's gonna kind of be like a free-for-all and today's show puts us almost exactly halfway to that yes yes to that show so we're very excited to be almost halfway there it's you're the math guy i've done the math thank you for being the math guy it's new math because i was told there would be no math so (laughs) no math involved in this yeah so anyway uh on today's show best bourbons best cigars and best texas beers we've been uh uh teasing this for a while because texas has become and obviously we are from texas that's where we do the show but texas has become such a great craft beer state that it is uh, interesting to see it getting recognized as such you know texas wineries kind of got on the map a little bit and texas uh whiskey has become a thing and so has really texas craft beer now obviously you know, there are other states, that, Oregon, for example, huge in the craft beer. Right, right. Uh, uh, Vermont, huge in craft beer. California, huge in craft beer. Uh, but there is a uh, beer snobs list of the best Texas beers out there. And I so can't we'll, wait to we'll hear that. Delve into that because you and I have had a lot of these beers because they're Texas. available here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, it'll be very interesting. We do make an effort to try to make sure we're examining and tasting uh, beers from all over the place. And today is going to be one of those days where we go from Michigan to Tulsa to hmm. somewhere else. So, no, one of my beers is missing. I, I apologize. <laughs> there, oh, there it is. To Milton, Delaware. Oh, nice. Sorry, the font did so a weird I thing on my notes. I have to tell so. you, um, out of all states to get a beer from, Michigan, mm-hmm. I find is solid. Like Michigan is super solid. Everything we get from Michigan seems to be just fantastic. And as, I don't a, know, as a matter of fact... I think uh, we've tried one beer that we didn't like all that much from Michigan out of 300 plus shows. And the beer that we'll be trying today is from one of your favorite Michigan breweries. Ooh, from Founders? It's from Bell's. Or Bell's, yeah. yeah it's from so Bell's. Those, those are the two go-to right yep, there. Bell's Brewery will be trying their quite bright Belgian-inspired wheat ale. They are from comstock michigan so that's funny i'm I'm interested in that because i'm not a huge like uh, wheat beer is not usually my first go-to right uh it's not that i don't like it it's that it, you know i like a lot of other stuff more sure. so it'll be yeah. inter- it's always interesting to try. Mm-hmm. there's Agreed. always a few that are outstanding as mentioned tulsa oklahoma will be trying their uh american solera brewings uh fatso that's fatso with a ph fatso Uh, it is a coconut porter and we'll also be trying uh dogfish head (laughs) i like that already nordic spring ipa it is a seasonal uh, uh limited release but it's brewed among other things with juniper so I'm already thinking I may not like it because I'm not a huge Juniper fan, but we'll see. Well, you know, yeah. I love Dogfish Head Dogfish for their Head, ridiculousness. Yes, and they are not afraid to be experimental. And I just want to say, by the way, my wife 
brought me home this week from uh, from the grocery store. You know, one of those six packs. Yeah, yeah, the make, which, make your own six pack. She does that a lot. And I got to say, they've started at HUB really uh, carrying a serious amount of stuff from Ingenious. Those guys are nuts. Ingenious I, I just want to tell you, fantastic. Ingenious Brewing, which is uh, just uh, north of us in Humble. Yeah, yeah in Humble. Yeah. They are, they'll do anything. For those of you who are from anything. Texas, Humble is spelled humble. Right. But exactly. when you're around here, you don't pronounce the H for whatever reason. Even though if you were saying the word humble, you would say humble. Right. You say humble from Just from like town. if you're in California, there's a town there called San Pedro. But right. if you're in Texas, driving in San Antonio, there's a major road there. It's called San Pedro. So it's things are like that all over. Yeah, so there's the Guadalupe River. Mm -hmm. And if you're in Austin, there's a street called Guadalupe. Do yeah. not call it Guadalupe. They yeah, will look right. at you funny. Yeah, absolutely. That's just like in uh, in Massachusetts. One of the suburbs of Boston is Dorchester. D-O-R-C-H-E-S-T-E-R. -E and then uh, a little bit west of Boston is a really you know interesting, thriving community uh, called uh, Worcester, spelled just the same as Dorchester, except with a D instead of a uh, W instead of a D. But it is not pronounced. Uh, Worcester, it's it's Worcester. So uh, there's stuff like that all over. It the must United be French States. if you ignore all those letters. <laughs> it could be. It could be. <laughs> oh, you know what? To start off the show today, before we get into our right. lists and our, I uh, would like to do a mystery beverage today. I will dutifully look away so I yeah. keep it a mystery. You always seem to enjoy when I do a mystery. I, you beverage. know, I do enjoy when you do a mystery mm -hmm. beverage because mm -hmm. I never know what's what's about to happen. It, sometimes it's good. Sometimes not so. Sometimes much. not so much. I remember the last time you did a mystery beverage. It was terrible, my friend. <laughs> it was that. Uh, it was that me. Oh, that, that that mead that uh, yes. that black cherry mead mm -hmm. that was made from a great brewery, mm -hmm. um, but for another company. And then uh, yeah, it just like you wouldn't even try it; it just smelled yeah. bad. It, it was just really, really awful. All right, so to here is today's mystery beverage. There's one for you, John. I'll slide it over it there. Smells like apricot. Uh, yeah, like it is dried uh, apricots. Oh, it does have a little bit of an apricot vibe <laughs> right. to the nose, doesn't it? Mangoey kind of. It's fruity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, definitely fruity. Uh, so this go is, ahead. This is definitely a fruited thing. Fruited thing. I, I think you're going to be uh, right about that. Oh my goodness! Wow, that's totally different, isn't it? It tastes like like baby food. <laughs> is that good? Or <laughs> I don't know. It's, a, <laughs> it's um, what is that? Like, there's banana, there's mango, there's peach. Apricot, apricot, like dried apricot is what I'm getting. So like, yeah, all over it. It's it's. Is it ingenious? No, it's from B52 Brewing, also okay. from here. Okay, and it's called Table Tart Sweet Tea Session Sour Ale with Tea, four percent ABV. Is that all it says on there? That's There's no other says, information. Yeah. Well, well, actually, there's a little thing. It says uh, a vibrant and fruity session sour ale. Brewed with barley and wheat, then conditioned on southern sweet tea for a tart, refreshing porch sipper. So, as you're talking about the tea, I get that in the yeah. aftertaste now. Now, I was going to say tea because I was tasting that sort of tea leaf uh, in there, but I didn't want to say it and, and, and reveal what it was. Man, so. and when they talk about... Uh, uh, the fruity, that is fruity. It as is all super get fruity. Out. And it's super you ever, sweet. You ever like have like a grandma or an aunt who made iced tea and it was very fruity, like not just no, lemon. I didn't, I didn't have yeah. that because all all my peoples are from up north. So oh, okay, they don't know what iced tea is. <laughs> not the sweet tea thing. And and oddly enough, I don't I don't do sweet tea generally mm -hmm. at all. I just don't really. 
I prefer my tea just yeah. See, black I'm the tea. same way. I go I go uh, uh, unsweetened. Yeah, unsweetened tea. But um, uh, but the funny thing is, there's a couple of these tea drinks. Like uh, Lagunitas made one. Yes, we had it on the show, mm-hmm. and I really enjoy it. And it's tea, but it's also a little sweet. This is. This is actually a beer. The second sip on this is better than the first. The first mm-hmm. was a little uh, polarizing. A little off-putting. Um, and a little too sweet, I think, like palate shock style. But I think uh, after the second sip, once you're used to the sweetness, it's uh, it's actually not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you enjoy it while I preview some of the things we're going to talk about talk to me. on the program today. Uh, we have the Hot 100, the 100 biggest beers from 2022. Uh, we'll be talking best bourbons of 2022, and we'll be talking more. There's so many more. We got into the Cigar Aficionado list, their top 25. There's so many more lists out there, and, yeah. and they're they're kind of fun to go through. So that's why today's show will be uh, best bourbons, best cigars, and best Texas beers. And, of course, um, we will be uh, you know bringing you the most popular uh, segment on this show, which is a little something we do later on in the program called Drinking News. And today's Drinking News teaser headline... Is that a live penguin in your pants? And we'll get to that. <laughs> All right, so there we go. Excuse me, sir. Is that a penguin, or are you just uh, happy to exactly. be here? <laughs> so want to say a quick thanks to uh, Bill Chenault with Waterford Irish Whiskey. He was our guest last oh, week. Oh, he was so fun. He And he had fun, too. He was, one of, he was another one of those guests who you could tell didn't quite know what to expect. He did say he'd watched a few episodes, but uh, you could tell he didn't know quite what to expect. And by the end, he was like, ah, this is great. We're yes, drinking. Yes, We're we had, a, we had a good old time. And, and man, <laughs> I have to tell you, I've been beating up some of that water for mm-hmm. all week. Uh, that it's I was, really good stuff. Yeah. The, uh, mm-hmm. So good. The, so, so nice. So with your Waterford whiskey, have you had the opportunity to enjoy uh, any interesting cigars this week? Well, let me tell you about that, sir. Okay. Please do. Because, boy, did I. Uh, I went up to uh, our studio is right around the corner from Casa de Monte Cristo, so right. it's so nice. So to they just get go a lot there. of business from us on yeah, show day. Yeah, because I just stopped there on the way here, mm-hmm. and then I can finish my cigar, and it's five minutes from there to here. Right, even with traffic most mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love that. And plus, the guys over there are so nice. <clears> so I stopped by today and poked my head in, and um, and I found a couple interesting brand new cigars. So mm. one of them I picked up was the uh, Rocky Patel Edge 20th Anniversary. Mm, mm. I hadn't tried that one. That's not what the nice. review's about. Okay. The other one I picked up was uh, just in too. Um, I ish. It, it came out a couple like a month ago, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's the Drew Estate M81 uh, Blackened. Blackened. So blackened this is, is the cigar. cigar from uh, Metallica. Right. Yeah, so this is a, well... Let, the, let me, the, the cigar the Metallica did with Drew Estate. Yes, right. yeah. So let me just go ahead and read this, because I'll give you some information going okay. on here. Okay, please uh, do. This, is a, this was the Robusto, the 5x50. Um, the wrapper is a uh, Mexican San Andreas Maduro. The binder is a Connecticut River Valley Broadleaf Maduro. And the filler is Nicaragua Maduro and Pennsylvania Broadleaf Maduro. So this is from a few different places. And a few different Maduros. And it's all Maduro. Yeah. Well, makes sense. Blackened, right? Yes. Uh, the appearance on this rich, dark chocolate color, um, narrow blackened band. The footer is black with brass colored lettering, M81 Maduro to the core, it says. Hmm. Um, leathery to the touch, very few veins, a slightly oily, very firm feel. 
The uh, pre-light sniff on this rich earth coffee fermented hay. The pre-light draw, I used a punch. It had a light draw. Uh, uh, chocolate and coffee, like, mm -hmm. just dominated this thing. Um, absolutely. Um, so I think you probably have some kind of idea how this review is going to go. Mm-hmm. But uh, go ahead and count the Metallica references in here, okay? <laughs> okay, here we go. This the is initial Ian's, light. Give Ian's me creative <laughs> reviews. Here we go. Give me fuel. Give me fire. Give me fuel. I didn't give me coming. fire. Give me a light for my cigar. Okay. Maduro Madness, rich earth, dark uh, roast coffee, uh, dark chocolate, grainy black pepper, and a kiss of cayenne right off the bat. Mm. The first third of this, which we will refer to as set one. Okay. <laughs> this is all the hits. Welcome home. To this all Maduro collaboration from James Hetfield from Metallica, uh, Rob Dietrich, who uh, took over, um, who took over the distilling after um, uh, after our, uh, after the uh, whistle Dave Pickerel uh, passed, passed. Um, and then uh, <clears throat> Jonathan Drew. Uh, so jumping into the fire with a battery of rich Maduro notes, <laughs> including unforgiven coffee, harvester of chocolate, ride the pepper, and to live is to cedar. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> Does it? How could it? <laughs> the retrohale is trapped under earth, creeping pepper, and solid ash, perfect burn. Okay. <laughs> By the way, that, that should be, if, if you ever do an autobiography, <laughs> that's what it should be called. Solid ash, perfect burn. Solid ash, perfect The Ian Barry story. <laughs> the second set. Uh, Master of Pepper and the Coffee That Should Not Be Master kick off the set. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Master of Pepper and the Coffee That Should Not Be kick off the set, followed by <laughs> Chocolate Messiah and Holier Than Cedar. Retro Hail is Unforgiven, part two, Coffee, <laughs> The Pepper Within, and Fight Fire with Cedar. Solid Ash, Perfect, perfect Burn. burn. Uh, set three, the frayed ends of leather and cedar load up with no remorse. Yeah, I went there. Yeah. Unforgiven part three coffee and chocolate for all. <laughs> That's good. That's carry good. through to the end as my cigar fades to ash, uh fades to ash. The retro hail is of earth and man for whom the coffee tolls and through the pepper. My gosh. Solid ash, perfect burn. Uh the ticket price for this show was uh nine dollars and forty five cents. That's not too bad. Actually, it's, yeah, that's that's right in the wheelhouse there. Mm -hmm. I gave it a solid six. This nice. was a great cigar. Nice. It was a lot of fun, and I had a blast. You notice I didn't use a whole lot of references from the later albums because I'm early Metallica fan, but um, but I that was fun to write. Did, did I miss Ride the Lightning? Did you have that one in there somewhere? I didn't. I didn't oh. do Ride the Lightning. There's some songs from Ride the Lightning. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. kind of. I kind of couldn't work that one in there. Okay, I understand. I was, <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. Also I thought, wanted to see. Thought about uh, Ride the Pepper, but I thought Through the Pepper was fun. Yeah, Through the Pepper is good. Through the Pepper was good. <laughs> Well, that was uh, that was one of your more creative uh, things, which I will now follow up with a very bland and mundane uh, cigar report. Uh, actually, it wasn't bland or mundane at all, the cigar that I smoked. It was the Rocky Patel DBS Robusto. Ah, uh, this see, is one of the I've newer been eyeballing Rockies. that uh -huh. thing. All right, that so thing's expensive. It is. The Rocky Patel DBS line, which was released late last year, has been described as a next-level cigar, whatever that means. I mean, that can be a pretty tough thing to live up to. It's beautiful, If you too. think about it. Yeah. But Rocky's been doing some great blending work these days, so I was very curious to see how this one would smoke. DBS stands for Double Broadleaf Selection. The blend uses Honduran and Nicaraguan broadleaf filler, 
uh, rolled inside a double binder, one mm-hmm. of which is Nicaraguan, and the other is a USA Pennsylvania broadleaf. It's all wrapped in a chocolate brown Mexican San Andres wrapper uh, and dressed in what may be one of the most majestic combination of cigar bands I've ever seen. I mean, and he's, he's, he's got gor- some pretty cigars. Oh, I know. I know. But he, this one is really... He's got the edge, which like has no band on it or a band at the foot. It's very austere looking. Right. All the way to this, which yeah. is honestly... Honestly, it's one of the nicest cigar band presentations. But remember I've ever how seen. pretty the like the twentieth uh, oh, anniversary yeah, and, yeah. uh, and the fifteenth even was yes. very very pretty. Absolutely, you know? a lot of the stuff he's come out with has gotten more and more elaborate in terms of the packaging. Yeah. But what he's done though is he's kept the quality of the cigars high enough that it never felt gimmicky. Right. You know, they never right. felt like oh, it's just the packaging; it's not really the right. cigar. So uh, anyway, um, this cigar is not a fat Robusto. It's a five and a half by 50, but it's really gorgeous. It smells great. Chocolate and leather on the pre-light sniff, as well as on the cold draw. I used a punch, and I lit the DBS, expecting a powerful Nicaraguan pepper blast based on all of this mm-hmm. powerful tobacco that's in here that is rolled with. And I didn't really get one. There was a little kick, uh, but more of a Nicaraguan pepper suggestion. Than a, uh, mm. uh, than a than a blast, uh, but that's not to say there wasn't flavor right off the bat. Because not, a, not a not a Nicaraguan pepper waft. Yeah, a waft. That a waft was, I couldn't remember the word we used last NPW, week. NPW. Yes. NPW. I'll remember that next time. Uh, but it's not to say there wasn't flavor right off the bat because there was a deep chocolate, almost like a chocolate brownie. Uh, nice. Sort of a vibe was the first note that I got, followed by earth and black pepper. Uh, nice quantity of smoke and excellent burn from the very beginning. By the second third, Nutmeg joined the band. It wanted to play bass, but that spot was taken by the deep chocolate, so it got to play the tambourine. Oh. All right, auxiliary percussion is good. Sorry if that was confusing. I was trying to do one of Ian's really creative reviews, <laughs> and it just didn't. It didn't really work, did it? You know, didn't really work. Uh, anyway, pepper. Nutmeg, espresso, and chocolate, all very savory and very rich, with the pepper leaving a wonderful tang on the tongue and a really nice finish. Retro hail was pepper and leather, construction still spot on. The final third was mostly the same, but I was loving it, so I really didn't mind that it didn't change up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, the chocolate note was somehow uh, creamy, while the pepper and the nutmeg kept it savory at all times. Uh, nice, loamy earthiness, maybe a little less of the espresso than in the second third. Overall, the construction on this cigar was really great. Burn line was super straight. The draw and the smoke out- output were perfect. I've been a bit concerned, because I'd watched a video of a guy's review on YouTube and in his review he was frustrated with the draw on his DBS it was too tight and he even pulled a couple of stems out of his cigar to try to get it to uh, uh, to fix the draw but that couldn't have been any further from my experience in fact the DBS was probably the best constructed cigar I've had in a while yeah. I mean it was really fantastic in terms of of how well it smoked absolutely zero complaints in that department I really only have one complaint actually about the DBS Robusto and that's the price. That's big. Uh, when your Robusto is $19, you know you have entered most definitely the super, super premium tier. But the thing is, the DBS smoked like a super premium. It really did. The flavor notes were excellent. I found myself looking forward to the next puff. You know what I mean? Nice. It wasn't just I'm enjoying smoking the cigar. I'm like, oh, 
oh, I can't wait to do that again. It was that almost like a Doritos effect going nice. on uh, with the cigar. And I was a little bummed when I burned it down far enough that I had to let it go, as you'll see in this picture over here. Uh, so I'm going to recommend the cigar. Rocky's done it again. And I'm going to give it a five on the price to quality scale, even at $19. But I will say this. I recommend maybe getting a size other than the Robusto. I think that the Toro is only about $3 more, and it seems like 21 bucks for a longer smoke would be a better deal. How long did you overall. how long was your experience? It was with this? Uh, it was not quite an hour. Okay. So, and and that's kind of what it looked like. Once the bands are off of it, and you can see it's not a large cigar. Right, right. And whereas some like fatter robustos <clears throat> or like the the nub cigars or the Epigrio inch have a tendency to smoke a lot slower than you're expecting. Mm -hmm. uh, this one, this one went it's pretty smoked. fast. But, <laughs> but that said, I enjoyed every single minute of it. So I'd still pay nineteen dollars again. That's awesome. For, for those of you uh, just joining us, our uh, price to quality scale uh, is a scale from one to ten. But right. at five, you get uh, the center point. You get the exactly what you paid for mm -hmm. um, kind of thing. And that's tough when you're talking about something that costs more than say twelve dollars, especially. Sure. Um, when uh, when you're spending nineteen to twenty dollars on a cigar, it needs to be that good. You uh, know? Absolutely. absolutely, I mean, because you, your expectations are high. You know, mm -hmm. 100%. so five is a, is a nice review on that. Five, yeah, five is a very good rating at nineteen dollars. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break and come back. We got a lot of lists to get into. We got a lot of beers to taste. And oh, did I mention by the way, Luna Azul Tequila Añejo from Jalisco, mm. Mexico, still coming up on the program. I likes me some tequila. Smoking and toasting. We will be right back. Welcome back. Smoking and toasting. I love the bass line on that. It's such a such a groovy little bass line. Yes. Yeah, it is very good. Very good. Well, welcome back to the show. Uh, while Ian pours our first beer for the uh, program, not including the surprise beverage uh, earlier, uh, I want to talk to you about uh, another cigar list. Cigar Country is a, uh, a website that sells uh, cigars. In fact, if you go to it, they've got cigar deals and cigars and accessories. I don't think I've ever seen that But one. they did their own list of their top five cigars of the year for 2022 and i mentioned this earlier we did our top cigars uh yours and mine mm -hmm. and we did uh the list from cigar aficionado mm -hmm. but there's so many other lists and we haven't quite gotten to uh as many of them because we've had some interesting guests and stuff so today while we don't have a guest uh that we'd be ignoring while we read the list let me go over this list for you their number five was and i really want to try this i haven't had it arturo fuente don carlos eye of the shark Oh, I haven't tried that one. Yeah, yeah. I love Arturo Fuente Don Carlos. One of my favorite Dominican yeah, cigars there is. Uh, but I have the shark. I have uh, not tried. They say it's named in honor of its legendary creator and Fuente family patriarch Don Carlos Fuente. Uh, he combined rare Dominican vintage tobaccos, hand-selected and aged as much as 10 years. So uh, they don't have a price listed next to it. I can click buy now, but I'm going to keep on going. Now, here's what I would never have put on this list. The CAO Flavors Sampler came in at number four. Now, That's a the, top five list? Yeah, yeah. Are well, they just again, talking about what sells? I, I don't know, but I can't I can't believe that this made the well, list. Like how does that wait, wait, how does that get on the same list as Don Carlos? Maybe it's about what sells Fuente. sells the best. I don't know. Um because their number three was La Flor Dominicana chapter two. And their number two is La Flor Dominicana chapter one. <laughs> 
<laughs> so again, I, I just went and found a bunch of lists, but I thought their number one was interesting, and it's what it's what kind of drew me into the list because their number one was the Andalusian bull. Now, what's interesting is that's also La Flor Dominicana. That's LFD, yeah. So they've got three La Flor Dominicanas on here. But I have actually not tried the Chapter 1 or the Chapter 2. I haven't either, you but I have. You gave me an Andalusian Bull, and it was outstanding, dude. Awesome, That yes. was just one of the better cigars I've ever had. Uh, but it was the number one uh, cigar of 2016 in Cigar Aficionado. And uh, so, yeah. So I don't know what is up with Cigar Country, but they – so. Listen, if you're in a cigar shop and you happen to see that they have an Andalusian bowl, mm -hmm. buy it because they're a little hard to come by and they're pricey. Uh, usually, I think eighteen ish dollars mm -hmm. um, between eighteen and twenty. I don't know. Prices go up crazy. So, uh, yeah. and and if for some reason you decide that you don't like it, just send it to me. Yes, that's right. Ian will take it. And off it your will. Hands. It will. Yes, it will. Fulfill it will not its go cigar to destiny. It will not go to waste. So to speak. Yes, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so just looking at this article, it says Cigar Country Top Five Best Cigars of 2022. So it doesn't. It doesn't sound like there's nothing in here that leads me to believe that it's the top five best selling. So I assume that in their shop they have a lot of Florida, the Florida. I, I'm guessing probably so. Some Drew yeah. Estates, yeah, probably so. And so anyway, I thought that was interesting. We that's a, that's a very narrow list. Yes, like, it's a... <laughs> that's way narrower than your list or mine <laughs> right. for sure. And I thought our list were narrow. Makes me feel it's all only, over the place. It's only like what we've tried, right? So uh, speaking of what we've tried, this is a new beer, I believe. It was new it to me. Smells from Bell's, which is probably one of the. I would say one of the top ten most respected breweries Bells around is, the country. They're just they're just solid. Quite bright is the name of the beer. It is a Belgian inspired wheat ale, and to be completely honest, like that's on the about nose, all they say. On the nose, it smells fruity. It's uh, like banana kind of fruity, mm -hmm. uh, a little funky, and and it smells a little sparkly. It's, it I don't smells, know how else to describe it. It does smell a little like a wheat ale, though. I get a little bit yeah, of that it's wheat got flavor. Yeah, a little funk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So weed, weed has a and an funk in a good way. Funk like uh, like um, like Bootsy Collins, you like know, the not, funk of not, forty thousand years. Not funk like my dog after she's been out in the yard, you know. By the way, my wife showed me a picture of your dog on Facebook. That is the cutest dog I've ever seen. She is pretty darn cute. <laughs> oh my god! It was one where she was like I'll laying send, on her I'll back. I'll send a picture. This. I'll send oh, a yeah. picture to Adam. You'll be able to see it right oh, here. Okay, very good. That's that's Ian's <laughs> new dog. Her and name is Abby. Oh, yeah. I love Abby already. She's so but, cute. Yeah, no, this isn't like Abby after a walk in the. Uh, in no, the rain. no, funk, funk in the best possible way, and um, and wheat ales tend to have that. Uh, tend to have a little bit of that funk. I haven't tried it. This yet. is you, a you Belgian a inspired wheat ale. The face I made was this is pretty good. Oh, that's kind of not what I expected. Yeah, it's more Belgian than I expected. You, get, to be you definitely get a little of that Belgian, it's just like fruity and I, I wanna, sweet. I want to eat me a pretzel type of vibe. Yeah, Belgian. it's yeah. fruity and the sweet, and it's got. I love the. Um, you know, what's weird is uh, my glass foamed up pretty big when I poured mine. I poured mine a little too hard, but it's not that carbonated. Mm -mm. Like the 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 bubbles are very small. They're I would just say they're very small, finer bubbles, like Topo Chico bubbles. Uh, yeah, I mean, very small. Like like the carbonation almost doesn't come through much on the um, palate at all. I gotta tell you, this is this is very drinkable. Man, if you like banana and wheat, so it almost punk. is like a hefeweizen in terms of the banana and yeah. wheat vibe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't call it that though. They There's just a call citrusy it a note on the back video. of it too. The, that's that's kind of towards the end of the palate. It's kind of got all kinds of flavor popping out in it, and and that's interesting because one of my larger um, 
it's not a critique. One of the reasons I don't drink more Belgian-inspired ales and, and beers than I do is because even though they're, I like them and I like the taste, there's, they don't seem as complex to me. I love Belgian ales. Oh, I know you do. And, and, I don't, and I'm not saying anything against them. I was just saying one of the reasons I don't drink them more is they don't seem as complex as, say, a really good stout or an IPA. But this feels very complex to me. I'm getting all kinds this of flavors. Is, yeah, there's a here. lot going on with this. It does say right here that um, <clears throat> according to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy because of the risk of birth defects. Um, so that's about all the information. It's 5% yeah, alcohol it, by volume. It doesn't say much else. But, <laughs> but you know, Bell's kind of lets their – it's the same if you get a two-hearted ale. It doesn't. It doesn't uh, tell you a story, really. It just uh, gives you a really, really so quality. This idea. is weird. What's weird about it? So it has. So it has the surgeon, the, the government warning, the mm -hmm. um, surgeon general's warning, uh, in a in a block area on here, and then the next little block says alcohol five percent by volume. Period. Puerto Rico do not litter. <laughs> And then the next line says shelf life six months. That's interesting too. I like that they put the shelf life on there because sometimes you don't know. And wheat ales, wheat ales in general, uh, like IPAs, you want to drink real fresh. Sure, like you just Absolutely. you want to go as fresh as possible on those. Mm -hmm. So, and it's fine to to store beers and and age them. Uh, that's kind of fun. But mm -hmm. the way it is in the can is the way the brewer wanted you to try it. So. Um I recommend this. I think it's very good. It's really interesting. I might have to buy some more of this to do more uh, research. Do more research, you know. And, and so. if you want to compile the results of that research and talk about it on next week's show, uh, be my guest, sir. <laughs> that would be a that would be a worthwhile endeavor. Uh, going to go through another cigar uh, list. This is uh, one that appeared on Gear Patrol. List number two. And in this particular case, they have, um, they have divided them into categories and picked their best for each category I'm rather than it being more and more as I, it gets better and better yeah. doesn't it it's got just it leaves such a great little fruity and yeah. weedy thing on the tongue it's so good mm. Mm. the list of lists the list of lists from gear patrol um there are i think 22 of these no 14 14 different categories. Here's what they picked. For best special occasion cigar, they picked the Ashton Estate Sungrown. Oh, that's a that good Ashton cigar. Sun, and, it, and, and it is a little pricey, the so ESG, it is a good, yeah. it is a good uh, uh, special occasion cigar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. The best mellow smoke, they picked the Ferriotego Timeless Sterling. I've not had that. I've yet. never tried that. Mm -hmm. So that, that was their best mellow smoke, so very good. For the best... Uh, for the most balanced smoke, that's an interesting category. Uh, they picked seven twenty four the hustler. I am not familiar with this. I'm going to click I've read more. Uh, I'm going to click read more. Seven twenty four the hustler. It's a six dollar cigar. It's a um, it's one of those barber pole cigars. Oh, nice. And uh, oh, and and now that I'm looking at a. Picture of the cigar. I think I have seen this. Yeah, I've I remember seen seeing it. the band. I've never tried it. But uh, yeah, fascinating, fascinating stuff. All right, for best big stick, big. They picked the Texas Lancero by Alec Bradley. I, I don't think I've had the well, Texas had Lancero. So there's a lot of these I'm going to have to go and check yeah. out. Best spicy cigar, the Tatuaje Tattoo Series. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, you've a had good that. One. Yeah. You, 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 I did that a on, review on that about I think you did. Yeah. three, four months ago. Mm hmm. 
Uh, the best mild yet complex blend, the Foundation High Clare Castle Churchill. Oh, well, have you had that? No, I, I have not had it. Uh, it's a $15 smoke. Um, the best short smoke, and it's interesting because it's a short smoke, but it's $20. Uh, it's the Davidoff Anniversario Short Perfecto. Okay. Yeah. I, I I don't buy many Davidoff cigars. I when I do, I usually buy like a Winston Churchill or one yeah, of their, their really super real special things. I used yeah. to buy their Churchill Spitfires. They had them in a tin. It was like a mm. tin of four or mm -hmm. five. Mm -hmm. It was a great short smoke, but the tins got real expensive. Um, the best budget cigar. Now, this is interesting. Uh, the Feriotego Timeless Panamericana. I don't know that one at all. So Feriotego is the brand that bought the Timeless, Timeless brand right. from Nat Sherman once Nat Sherman decided to get out of the um, cigar business. And it says, when the master blender of the now-defunct Nat Sherman cigar legacy managed to retain many, if not all, the rights to his former employees' recipes, it shocked the industry and gave collectors an underdog story to root for. And I, I'll always root for the underdog in the Nat yeah, Sherman story. Yeah. Uh, it is an approachable, balanced, and affordable cigar with fantastic construction. Yeah, any of the timeless line, man, if they're true to those uh, blends, man, those well, things are great. Let me tell you, the, uh, the first timeless cigar I ever had was one that uh, our our buddy um, Alan uh, Alan gave us, and it was fantastic. It was a Maduro, and I was like, I, I think we were smoking it at Stogie's one day, yeah. and I just couldn't believe how good it was. It yeah. was just really so. Uh, so, but then shortly thereafter, that whole mess happened with Nat Sherman and their parent company, and I uh, swore off Nat Sherman cigars forever. Yes. Boycott. I'd be willing to do them again. I just haven't yet, so I gotta I gotta get in the swing and get me another timeless. But the Panamericana was their well, best budget. Well, it's not Nat, Nat Sherman anymore, so you can. That's right. It's Ferio Tego. Yep. Yeah. So, I'm down. Best upgrade cigar. Uh, and I don't know exactly what they mean by upgrade, but it's... Is it spelled it's, with two Ds? Uh, no, <laughs> no. That'd be the upgraded cigar. Upgrade. <laughs> uh, uh, but it's a $14 cigar, so I guess upgrade maybe means like premium, but not necessarily jumping into the $20 ultra super premium okay. uh, thing. Anyway, they picked the Padron Anniversary, Anniversary Series 1964, yeah, which is great. just an outstanding cigar. Yeah, It really is. And finally, their best overall cigar. I, I may have to take some issue with this. Uh, the Davidoff Anniversario Series, a $23 cigar they picked as their best overall cigar. Let me see that picture. Uh, Show it to you right there. You seen that one? I don't know if I've had that. I don't spend that much time looking have. at the Davidoffs. So, again, the only ones I they do a Davidoff Nicaragua, which I have tried and liked, uh, and they do the Davidoff... Um, uh, Churchill, you know, it's Winston Churchill. Maybe but it's a, it feels like those are overpriced. So, so maybe it's a weird thing in my brain because, like, I've never had a bad Davidoff cigar. Mm. Uh, I have had True. Davidoff cigars that I felt were a little overpriced for for what I got. Mm -hmm. um, but I've also been very happy with the whole Winston Churchill series. And then they had a Maduro, the Noir. Uh huh. Yes, yes, that that's was very really good. good, but also very pricey. Like all those things are very pricey. So mm -hmm. what's funny is if I'm going to spend twenty to thirty dollars on a cigar. I'm almost always going to go with uh, the the Placencia. Or, right. You're going to go with something that has a little more body to or, it. Uh, yeah. Or the, um, what's the other one? Oh, the 
Padrone, mm-hmm. uh, any of the Anniversario series sure, that are yeah. real good. The the 45th anniversary has or, to be one of my favorite go, cigars of Or all go time. for one of these Rockies, like the one that I had Or today. that Rocky. I mean, yeah, that would be, be worth it. That would be that probably, price, yeah. yeah. So I so I think Davidoff is just one. Davidoff, Davidoff. Um, I've said that too many times. I probably owe him money now. But uh, <laughs> I think it's just one that I overlook because I just don't spend that much money on a cigar on a regular basis. For their tasting notes, they say mild-bodied. With a rich and complex taste, it starts with notes of hay and buttery smoke, transitioning into earthiness and even a touch of pepper spice in its final third. For me, just based on my palate, like what I really like, I would have a hard time paying $23 for any mild cigar. If I'm going to pay that much, I want that complexity of flavors that's going to come with, you know, one of AJ's upper end things or the Padron Anniversario like you talked about. If you're going to go for a mild blend, man, uh, Fuente... Yeah, the oh, absolutely. Hemingway series right. is reasonably mild and fantastic and, and nowhere near that price. And even the Opus X is not a it's not a big cigar in terms of power. Yeah. But it but sure is big good. in terms of yes. flavor. Yes. You know? And then and then you've got uh some outliers like uh Got the it. Aladino uh Connecticut oh, is yeah, is a beautiful little cigar. And not there's, expensive either. And not very expensive yeah. either. There's a lot of cigars uh, out there, I think, that you could choose to fulfill that role. But that being said, um, Davidoff, just send me one of those and I'll do a review on it. <laughs> Absolutely. We'd be happy to. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. We're going to take another break and we will uh, return with a little more tasting. As a matter of fact, Ian, uh, there's there's more to taste today, including a little bit of tequila, the Luna Azul Tequila Añejo. And we're going to be getting into this um, very interesting dogfish head IPA called Nordic Spring that has juniper in it. So. Interesting. Interesting. I in like the, juniper. In though. the meantime, man, that bells was yeah. Terrific. That bells went down. Like it was, it was a little polarizing at first, and then it just kept getting better. Wonderful and wonderful. We'll be right back at smoking and toasting. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Ladies and gentlemen, this is things. show number 313. We made it. We made it halfway to 333. And 333, by the way, will be our uh, exciting anniversary show. We did one at 100. 200 was during lockdown, so we didn't do it. And then we got to 300 and thought, that just that, that just feels too easy. We'll do it at 333. And so that's what we decided, and uh, off we go. I'm... I'm positioned further from Jong, our engineer, uh, today, which is making it harder to pass him the beers without spilling them. I mean, we could just keep it to ourselves, I we, guess. Well, we probably could. But hey, he I would, think he know. put us in these positions, right? <laughs> I think he did. You're right about that. So, uh, you <laughs> know, John, not want yeah. beer. <laughs> I have a feeling that No, we got to keep giving him beer. He starts asking for a raise. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So this, I'm I'm more curious about this beer than anything else we're going to try today. Oh, interesting. Okay, so the this nose. Is, it's from Dogfish Head, which, as you know, is now... Has now merged with uh, it smells like, Sam Adams. It smells like a fruit tree in the woods. Uh, it is called Nordic Spring. <laughs> it's their off-centered art series. Dogfish Head always describes their line as off-centered ales. Right, right. So this is their off-centered art series. And it is a really cool uh, artwork uh, from the uh, from the can. I think uh, John got some B-roll on that earlier. Maybe we'll uh, put it up here so you can see it. But it is really cool artwork. And you can see the juniper berries. And I'm not a huge fan of juniper. The, the more junipery the gin, 
the less I like it. Whereas the, huh. my favorite gins are the ones that are a little less. I like junipery. I like junipery gin. A uh, little hint of it I like. I will tell you that my go-to gin nowadays is the uh, Fox and Secret. Fox and Secret, dude, that is yeah, a great go-to. gin. It's a Meridian gin. I love it. My I love go-to. It. Yeah. Ever but since this, we had them on, yeah. and I tried that, I was like, oh boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought, now you're talking. This this right here, like the nose on this, it smells like you're standing in the piney woods. Yes. Uh, with a fruit tree. <laughs> and yet, it is not piney on the uh, on the palate. It it does have well, it, it has a piney sharpness at the last moment before yes. you swallow. But, but it then isn't kind of it isn't away. resiny though. No, it's not resiny. It's not not at all. It's it's dogfish head. Interesting. I'm going to tell you, I like this better than I expected. It's to. hazy and a little thick. Yes, and I like that. There's enough citrus that it balances the juniper. Man, it really leaves the mouth watering in that. It kind of does. There's a Dorito. sweet tart kind of way. A definite Doritos effect going on here with, with it uh, wanting more. So it describes this as dogfish head, Nordic Spring India Pale Ale, ale brewed with orange peels, yeah. juniper, yeah. or uh, orange peels, juniper needles, and juniper berries. Man. <laughs> I think it's actually pretty good. Is, I, to be honest, I, I expected not to like this very much. The, it leaves my mouth a little astringent, but uh, it's it's interesting. I, it's it's so dogfish head. It's so bizarre. It really is very dogfish head. I love that um, the uh, Boston Beer Company, which is uh, Sam Adams' parent company, that merged with Dogfish Head uh, last year. I love that they're still having them do things like this. I like because this is part of what makes the dogfish crazy head art, so like cool. the little little critters here made out of yeah fruit and stuff like that on i don't the remember the name of it off can. the top of my head but that beer that they did with the flaming lips the band of flaming lips that was that was um, so freaking good i don't remember the name of the beer but it was with uh dragon berries and right like and it was like of, it was real good it was like it was something like balloons and fantasies or something something like gumdrops and oh yeah yeah, yeah, you're right on it. Somebody will uh, somebody will correct yeah, yeah. us on this. It's been a while we since I've had Stark. one. We need Stark. Yes, we yeah. need On Stark. Been a if while since I've had on one. There, put it in the comments <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, but yeah, that was a great beer, though. Very odd, very interesting, but also delicious. <laughs> Man, I, I like know, this. I got to tell you, I want to give a shout out to uh, to both uh, Bruce uh, On Stark mm-hmm. and Wiki Brian. I miss those guys. We don't do the show live anymore, but right. Hey, man, just want to say hi. We recorded live, uh, but it was always fun having those guys uh, uh, hanging in and and offering their takes on things. So, all right, uh, we've got to take a break, and uh, we will come back. Uh, When we return, we're going to get into this list of the best Texas beers, according to Beer Snobs. So uh, I'm excited about uh, I'm excited about breaking into this one, and we've yet to do uh, best bourbons. We'll get to that as well. And drinking news will be coming up soon. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're going to be getting into some fine spirits here in a moment, or at least uh, we certainly hope that they are fine. Uh, This is the Luna Azul Tequila Añejo. So Ian will be... uh, Ian will be pouring that while I get into this list. So this list is uh, the highest rated brews in Texas, according to beer snobs. And this appeared 
on the ConchoValleyHomepage.com. I don't, don't ask me where I found it, uh, but I also kind of like I that. Ju- they I did just want to say I appreciate uh, on this Lunazul that you yeah that you took off the the plastic, so there's no possibility of me you know getting a little plastic cut while yeah, I, it's sa- I'm I'm all about safety, and I think and then, you realize this. And then clearing the neck of this because we have had some spills in here before. Clearing the neck of this severely reduces the spillage. the chance of spillage. Yeah, that's yeah. right. All right, so so yes, I'm glad you recognize my uh, my commitment to safety. I am uh, I am OSHA friendly. That's what I am. See, I grew up in the '80s. That was before safety was invented. <laughs> That's 100 right. By the way, '80s was the pre-safety decade. 100 <laughs> percent right. So let me uh, break into this list of uh, the 30 highest-rated Texas beers for by beer. Stars. 30. This is a big 30. list. Okay. Yep. At number 30 is. The Whiskey Barrel Age Double Pecan Porter from 512. Cool. And let me tell that's you. That's number 30. That's, that's a fantastic standing beer. beer. Oh, we've had that on the show. It's been a long time. The, if you have that on the menu, I'm almost guaranteed to yeah. order that. Mm-hmm. Unless you just have some other crazy stuff that I haven't tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Milk Stout comes in at number 29. It's from 903 Brewing. It's their Sasquatch birthday. Also quite good. Yeah, that is a really good beer. Uh, the Pecan Porter from 512, which is one of my favorite porters, actually. Yes. We're going to be trying a porter on the show today. We'll see how it stacks up. Uh, but their Pecan Porter comes in at number 28. And the only argument I have with that is that I don't know that it's better than the Whiskey Barrel Age Double Pecan Porter at uh, Man, at Double 30. Pecan Porter. Because yeah. we had a bomber of that. Um, that, that, I had a bomber of that that I brought in, I think, yes, at some point. Yes, I believe yeah, so. Fantastic. Uh, at number 27 is from Community Brewing, a community <laughs> beer company, uh, the Mosaic IPA. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm an IPA guy. And I like all styles of IPA. I like the West Coast stuff. I like the, um, you know, the hazies and the juicies. I like... I'm not saying I don't like it, but it is definitely not my favorite IPA. There are a Agreed. lot of a lot of them I would have put. I ahead think of it's this. solid, yeah. But I, I that's not up high on my list. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm a little more um, judicious about yes, my IPAs. I, I, I understand. At number 26 on this list, uh, and and again, that's Ian a nice gonna, way of saying judgy, by the way. Yes, it is. I, I thought you handled yourself well. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> at number 26 on the list, and uh, Ian and I are going to recognize a lot of these. Uh, because obviously Texas. we're in Texas yeah, yeah. And, and these beers are from Texas. At number 26 on the list, the Sin Mint Temptress, uh, the milk oh, stout, yeah. the sweet milk stout from Lakewood uh, Brewing yeah. Company. Yeah. They have just... a whole Temptress series, and, mm-hmm. and, anything, and they're all good. Anything in that line is going to be over the top. It's going to be mm-hmm. ridiculous and it's going to be good. The mint one is particularly good. Um, the new start, or a new start, a new, a and then the word new as in you, a new start, double dry hop, triple IPA from Turning Point Beer. I've never heard of uh, that. Is at number 25. And I have uh, got to confess to you, I've not tried this. So yeah, where's that from? This one goes on uh, my list. It is from Turning Point Beer, and I'm not sure where they are. It's a New England IPA. Gotcha. I'm not sure exactly where they're. So somewhere in Texas, up. but Texas somewhere is pretty Texas, big. Yes. So. That's right. And and you know, a lot of people go, well, why don't you just go to Dallas and get it? Well, it's a five-hour drive, but okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. In case you don't know how big Texas is, if you drive from Houston, where we are, to L.A., mm-hmm. the midway point is, is El Paso, is and the it's Texas still in border. Texas. Yes, it's the Texas border. <laughs> uh, a New England IPA at number 24, it's Heavy Hands from Spindle Tap Brewery. And I'm glad Ooh, to I haven't see tried that, get... but I like Spindle oh, Tap. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Heavy Hands is a pretty 
pretty oh, big idea. Oh, I have had idea. that one. Look yeah. at the, uh, this, it has yeah, the it uh, has bottle the, that looks like this, like two hands clasping. Uh, it's the one. No, Heavy Hands is the one that looks kind of like uh, Minecraft or uh, an old oh, uh, video game. Oh, yes. Actually, the, we had that on the show at mm -hmm. one point in time. I believe I remember, we did. I, I believe we did. Spindle Tap, also at number 23, and I really like this uh, IPA a lot. It's their faded double IPA. So... Uh, when it comes to breweries, I, certain breweries have certain personalities, and when it comes to hazy, mm -hmm. Spindle Tap just rules on that stuff. Now, Live Oak Brewing Company, which is out of the Dallas area, makes one of the best Hefeweizens known to man. They do. Have you tried their old Tree Hugger Barley Wine? I have not, and my God, I want some because you is, know I love barley wine. It wines. is number 22 on this list. I'll be looking for that. Old Tree Hugger Barley Wine. It does look good. Uh, then there's the uh, Live Oak Brewing's uh, entry that made number 21. It's their Primus Wiesenbach. That's a good one. I've had yeah, that. Have you had that? Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've had that. I it's love, called Primus. I mean, how do uh, I not I buy love that? me some Primus. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> the Primus sucked. Kind of in a good way, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, all right. Coquitus, uh, K-O-K-Y-T-U-S, an American imperial stout from Martin House Brewing. Uh, have you had? Th I think I've had this one. I don't think I've ever had that. I love Martin House though. Martin House, They're so good. Uh, when the first when I, when I visited Martin House Brewing, yeah, because you were there, right? Yeah, at, when I visited on... them, they had a core line that was pretty good. They had a, a three a.m. breakfast beer uh, and a couple others. But but since then, and I haven't been back yet. But uh, since then, they started doing this thing where they've just gone nuts. They're kind of like ingenious that mm -hmm. way, and they yes. make crazy, crazy stuff. stuff. Lots of sours, lots of really yeah, experimental things. Yeah, love absolutely. It. Number nineteen on the list. Another beer from Turning Point Brewery, a Turning Point beer. Uh, it's their DDH Dinglebop, so a double dry hopped Dinglebop, a New England IPA. Dinglebop? Dinglebop, yep. Uh, at number 18 from St. Arnold Brewing Company, Houston, Texas, the Pumpkinator, bourbon mm -hmm. barrel aged. That is a yes. really, really good beer. Uh, 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 are you familiar with Pint House Pizza Craft Brew Pub? Yeah, they, they have those in Austin. Okay. Uh, there's a bunch of them in Austin. Uh, their Electric Jellyfish. Yes, that one's super uh, a popular A New England there. IPA is I've had in, quite at, good. at number 17. At 16, our friends at Spindle Tap make another appearance. Uh, they're Houston Man, Hayes. Yeah, they're Houston dude, Hayes. When it comes to hazy, man, idea. it's hard to beat Spindle Tap. It really is. Asheron, an American Imperial Stout from Martin House. Shows up at number 15 uh, on this list. I don't think I've had a lot of Martin House beers. I do not think I've had uh -uh, that. I haven't had that. We'll have to take it. But they look. make so many crazy things, it's hard to hard to even tell. At number 14, the regular Pumpkinator, also from St. Also Arnold. Uh, and it's just really, it's a 10% ABV. The barrel age, though, is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And the Pumpkinator, by the way, it's it's pretty nice to share a bomber or a couple yes. bottles of that. Yes. But man, the pumpkinator does real well a couple of years in the fridge. Oh. And like two years on that Good is the know. sweet spot. And Good it really mellows it out and makes it really fun. A milk stout, a sweet milk stout from Lakewood Brewing called French Quarter Temptress makes number 13. I don't think I've had seen the French it, Quarter. Seen it, haven't tried it. We'll have to pick some of that up and have it on the show. Spindle Tap is back at number 12. Go Spindle Tap. With a New England IPA called Diamonds in My Mouth. Oh, <laughs> right. Very interesting. Not on the uh, soles of your shoes? Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, I wonder how many people will get that. <laughs> I got it. But, people of a certain age. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> which we definitely are. Right. Uh, barrel Aged Legion, a Russian Imperial Stout from Community Beer, uh, is number 11 on this. 
Legion. And I, I don't think I've had Legion. No, I haven't you? had that either. All right, we got to put that on our list. We'll be able to find that. Uh, a spindle Tap, once again, their Houston Hazier Houston Double IPA Hayes. at number 10 on yes. this list. Classic. Live Oak Hefeweizen. One of the best Hefeweizens you will try You're, you're 100% ever. right. It is really good. Like uh, so I love El Jefe from um, uh, from uh, Lone Pine. From, uh, no, not Lone Pine. From, uh, sorry, no, label, from Lone Pine, right, from no right. Label, yes. Uh, so El, those are, you literally just in one sentence there have, have talked two of the best Hefeweizens I've ever had. Yes, absolutely. And, and both, I'm not a huge fan Texas. of Hefeweizens in yeah. general. However, those are two that I will reach for. And I, I would even reach for that Bells that we that tried. Bells I know it good. wasn't that's, a Hefeweizen, but it felt like the, it was the, in that, the Whitbeer, that yeah. family. Yeah, or exactly. Belgian-inspired wheat beer. Uh, number eight from uh, Brash Brewing Company right yeah. here in Houston. Their American Imperial Stout called Milk the Venom. That is so amazing. Have you ever had it? I have had it. Yes. It's like seven kinds of it's good. It's unbelievable. That's so good. good. I texted the brewmaster at one point in time, was like, damn, this is good. He was like, <laughs> what are you drinking? I was like, what's the venom? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and number seven, uh, we go back to Lakewood Brewing Company, who makes several appearances here, and they all seem to be with their Temptress series. The Bourbon Barrel Temptress, uh, the yeah. sweet milk stout, is at number seven. That's like the third, and I so think, that's, that's, on uh, this list. That's not the uh, mint one. So they have, like I said, they have the different series. Right. But that any of the Temptress series you, is you just You really can't go wrong. Yeah. You really can't. At number six, one of my all-time personal favorites oh is it lone pint yellow yeah, rose buddy. ipa at number six blake was uh, so fun in here the other he day he really was yeah that was that was fun and by the way the double yellow rose <laughs> yeah wow that's so really I like, something I, I like the yellow rose i like the double better yeah the yellow is really something i don't know if i like it better but like boys boy is it a fun experience it really is uh Bire de Syrah. Uh, it's a wild ale from Jester King. Yeah, I don't know how I did with that, but uh, I at least know how to pronounce Syrah. And Beery is Jester King, located in uh, Austin, oh, yeah. is just it's those guys are nuts too. In the same way, that ingenious, and some of the other guys are. Mm -hmm. They're always trying something different and interesting. Now, Jester King in at number four, and I'm going to really mess this one up. But Beery de Blanc du Bois. Uh, it is also a wild ale. So two wild ales from Jester King back-to-back nice. -back on this list. Wild ales to me are, um, you know, I, I, I find that I like them, but very seldom do I open up the beer fridge and go, what do I want? I think I want a wild ale. You know what I mean? Like When I have them, I enjoy them. But I don't select so them a wild lot. ales. Well, I like I enjoy wild ales. Uh, there's some there's some great uh, great beers out there. But I think in general, and also because like Jester King in general is just always bombers. Yeah, that's one of those you share with people and talk about. Right. It's a great conversation. It really beer. is because you can talk about the funk and and you yeah. can talk about where, all the different flavors you're and like out of it them. or not, it's going to be a conversation. A hundred percent, hundred percent. In fact, I, I always enjoy. Beers when I'm washing the dishes late at night. You've almost gotten some after midnight calls from me. Well, after I opened a wild <laughs> ale, going, dude, what am I tasting in here? This is <laughs> another wild ale at number three. This one also from Jester King. It is the Aurelian Lure, and I'm not familiar with that. I believe oh, I've I seen the either. bottle. I think I've seen the bottle. At, at I, will, I will tell anybody here if you're traveling through Texas and you see Le Fin du Monde, 
uh, from Jester King, just yeah. buy it. Okay, fair like, enough. So good. So Jester King occupying the top end of this. Uh, oh, is there another uh, one? Of this with their wild ales because at number two is Montmorency versus Balaton, a wild ale from Jester King, uh, and it is uh, very highly rated. I think the way they did these is by going by the the ratings that people had given them oh, on, wow. the, on the websites where they came from. And rounding out the list, which is maybe why, I mean, because Wild Ale fans can be rabidly devoted. Yes. Uh, rounding out the list, another Wild Ale uh, from Jester King called Atrial Rubicite. Uh, and it is a, rated a 4.59, says it got 2004 ratings. So the top five are all Jester King. Or all Jester King Wild Ales. Yeah. And then the number one beer that wasn't in that group was Lone Pine's Yellow Rose. Nice. So uh, anyway, very interesting. I was very proud of uh, Spindle Tap because I love those guys. Yeah. And how well they how well they beautiful, were represented. Uh, beautiful area out there. Beautiful brewery. It's, it's really nicely was, set up. was good to see. Um, Kid and dog friendly. Yeah. Um, sports friendly. I think they have like and all kinds of stuff. It was also good to see uh, St. Arnold represented in there. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. Let's taste some tequila. Have you already gone? Here? I've been doing research. Oh, you've been doing research. All right. So what we're talking about here. Just judging by the uh, is tequila Lunazul. hug that I've got going on. For over t- 250 years, our family family has produced the finest tequila from a state-grown 100% blue agave, a blue Weber agave, passed down for generations, an invention high, rich, I'm sorry, it's very small print, I apologize, an invention rich in tradition, Luna Azul tequila's handcrafted quality is unmatched. It's an Añejo, uh, it is 100% agave, and what do you think? So, uh, the agave is obvious, Mm -hmm. um... The barrel, uh, the the aging is obvious. There's a lot of vanilla going on in there mm-hmm. that's that's really big and round. And there's a lot of mineral water in here. Um, I like this a lot right away. And I will tell you, as a tequila goes, this is very delicate. It is. It's it's not. Um, it's not I don't big want to and peppery. It's, it's not boisterous. As a matter of fact, there's very little pepper except for in the aftertaste. Maybe on the finish a little bit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a big. It also doesn't tequila hug you real hard. Right, and I'm willing to bet that uh, a small cube of ice in this mm-hmm. would probably make it a little sweeter and and just a great sipper overall. What do you think a bottle of this cost? Lunazul, I have no idea, but I would guess uh, flavor profile and everything else, you're probably in at 60 bucks. Seems reasonable. $21. Really? Yes. That's a... $21. That's really good at twenty one dollars. Yeah. Like it, it, you're you're now you're now above five on the price to quality. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So it reminds me of Espolone. The Espolone yeah. Añejo, which is, I want to say, maybe like twenty six, twenty seven. Uh, but it is it punches way above its weight class, and I feel like this does uh, as well. It's so easy to drink. Yeah. And it doesn't go down quite as. We're gonna have to stop talking about this right now because. If we really, really like it, you remember what happened with Skelly that started off at $30 <laughs> or $40 a bottle, right? So do remember. And it's now a hundred and something dollars yeah, per yeah, bottle. Yeah, Actually, and and uh, I was gifted some recently, and I think it was... Uh, oh, I remember you saying that. Uh, yeah. I, think, I, I think it actually is selling for in the $89 range now. Uh, but, it's, it, but, but I was gifted some, and 
I'd forgotten how much I liked it because I'd stopped buying it because it got so expensive. Because I'm thinking at a hundred bucks, well, I'd rather spend you know forty more and get um, uh, the uh, my all time favorite, the Cuervo yeah, Reserva de la Familia, de, right? Yeah. But this at twenty one, are you kidding me? Yeah, when you get up into that price range, it's real easy to start going. Okay, let's go for those ultra premiums. This is twenty one. Is uh, this will be one that I probably pick up. I will tell you ASAP. that I will tell you that it seems like the trend in tequilas these days, especially with new ones that are coming out, is that they start at sixty for the blanco, and then the reposado might be eighty. And the uh, Añejo might be 90. I mean, there's plenty of tequilas on the shelf that are in that price range. Yeah. Or it, or at the very least, the Añejo is like $68, $69. And, and the others are pretty close. This is, you can buy three bottles of this for that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I got I to gotta give it a this hearty recommendation. Pretty good. Except... I didn't really say hearty recommendation because then they would start this is, charging more for it. But, right. You know. This is the kind of good, like, um, in that price range, like Isle of Fiji is. Mm-hmm. Like the Isle of Fiji rum, which is, and please, if you're listening to the show, don't tell anybody about the Isle of Fiji rum because at 20, sub $30, yeah, sub $30 it doesn't even matter yeah. wherever you get it. That stuff is amazing. Yes, it is. And it's, it's every time we have docs on here and I tell them, I can't believe you guys have this price this way, but please don't raise the price. That's part of what makes it so awesome. Uh, but the fact that they can deliver it for that price is unbelievable and amazing. So I saw you looking at your phone. Something. Oh, <laughs> I got. I got a weird message. Okay. Got. I thought maybe. Uh, thought maybe you looked something up, or we were hearing from docs, no, or. Uh... No, no, got a weird message. <laughs> okay, got it. But one of my students canceled for tomorrow, and then I got a great. We'll see you Wednesday. I'm not going to be there Wednesday, so I have to get back to them and be like, I don't know what. You, I think they just probably sent to the wrong person. Yeah, probably. You know how that goes. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Um, we have another uh, uh, several more lists to go through, um, and I don't know how much we're going to get to on. Uh, the show today, how much time we're going to have, but I thought maybe we should talk about um, uh, barrel-proof bourbon, six barrel-proof bourbons that you can't miss. Is that the list I wanted to do, or did I want to do, I had thought I had another bourbon list. Anyway, we'll do this one real quick because we've got just a few minutes left uh, in this segment. Six barrel-proof bourbons that you can't miss, and this comes from the Whiskey Raiders site, and I really want to get that thing off of there so I can read it. I apologize. I didn't have to do that last time. There we go. <laughs> uh, all right. Six barrel-proof bar- uh, barrel- proof bourbons, not barrel-proof barons. Barrel-proof Yeah, barrel. right. Yeah. <laughs> That's easy Give for me you some to more say. of that tequila. Uh, Bullet Barrel Strength is the first one on the list. After a brief hiatus from the shelves, Bullet Barrel Strength is returning to the shelves this I don't know that I've ever tried fall. Bullet Barrel Strength. I love mm-hmm. bur- Bullet Bourbon, though. It's mm-hmm. great. You Batches know. one through six uh, sold in relatively rapid fashion back in 2018 to 2020. And uh, Batch 07 will arrive, uh, apparently arrived just in time for the holidays. So you better uh, you have to you look for it and see if I find it. Sure. I love, I love mm-hmm. the. It's amazing how much different a flavor uh, it can be between uh, like the forty percent versus or mm-hmm. forty proof versus mm-hmm. barrel proof. Um, the next one on the list is Wild Turkey Rare Breed. Love that whiskey. Yeah, it's, love uh, love that. Quickly whiskey. become a cult favorite among fans of the brand. And I have beyond. mowed through many bottles of that, and it's a fairly reasonable price, isn't it? Yes, forty ish. I think. Yeah, yeah, I forty think so. to fifty ish. Barrel Bourbon Batch zero three three. It's hard to go wrong with Barrel Bourbon, yeah. uh, but here's the thing: 
no two bottles are ever the same. Right. No, that's 100% true. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. And they all look exactly the same. Mm. So mm. that's a that's a funny one. It carries an age statement of five years old, uh, but contains components aged up to nine years, distilled in Tennessee, Kentucky, and Indiana. Typically, brands leave off age statements entirely when there's a range of distillate ages. Uh, since the age of a whiskey uh, can only reflect the youngest in the blend, but Barrel remains committed to including as much info as it's able to. Maker's Mark cask strength uh, is on this list. Probably the best deal going in whiskey right now, they say, providing you uh, one of the best weeded bourbons at high proof for under $60 just about anywhere you look. Uh, Now, I have a bottle. We were doing, I think it was when we did the, um, uh, the whiskey sniff. But uh, I got given a bottle with just a little bit in it at the end of the night from the rep from Maker's Mark, and it was one of these, uh, um, um, you know, cast strength. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, it was really good. Yeah, it was really buddy. good. I found myself wicking, wishing there'd been a little more to it. And finally on the oh, list I is Booker's. Book. Oh, Booker's. Uh, this is just regular Booker's, Booker's but yeah, Booker's uh, even though this has become harder to find year after year, and has become more expensive year after year, it's still hard not to appreciate just how much flavor can be packed into a single bottle of whiskey. Uh, it's not the oldest whiskey in this list, but uh, it's hard to pin it as anything but the most flavorful. And then there's Larceny, finally Larceny uh, Barrel Proof. Are you a fan of uh, Larceny? I like Larceny. Yeah. It's not one I reach for a lot, but I like it. Yeah. Uh, it's Heaven Hill's answer to the Maker's Mark cask strength. Yeah. And it's um, <clears throat> it's trickier to track down than Maker's Mark, but they, uh, they put in more oak and spice, leading to a more balanced profile, according to... Uh, to this review, but uh, anyway, those are all those are all some pretty good whiskeys. Yeah, if you're talking about if you're talking barrel proof. Now, how often do you go barrel proof when you're going whiskey versus a more? If there are two whiskeys side ABV. by side and one is barrel proof, <clears throat> I will always go barrel proof, one hundred percent. All right, so let me phrase the question another way then. Uh, you're at home, you got your whiskey collection there. You're going to have a cigar and some whiskey. About what percent of the time are you going the higher ABV, uh, you know, barrel proof uh, uh, level versus just something like an Elijah Craig or a, a, a Buffalo Trace or or uh, something uh, more in good the good question. So Buffalo Trace, um, uh, Buffalo Trace is a go to for me. That's a great whiskey. Elijah Craig is also a go to uh, mm. whiskey for me. So if I want a whiskey, I'm not thinking about. Uh, those are ones I'll pour. Weller is another mm-hmm. one, like 100. percent I will pour those uh, as a as a, I'm going to go out and light the fire on the grill kind of thing, you know. Right. Um, but most of my other bottles are generally overproof. Mm-hmm. I will probably in the 60 to 75 percent. Most of my other bottles are overproof, uh, and that's excluding the scotch, which a lot of times you don't. Uh, you right. I have some overproof scotch, mm-hmm. some barrel proof scotch, but um that's excluding that side of it so bourbon wise um most of the time i drink uh the barrel proof if i'm reaching for something that isn't the the uh the weller or elijah craig so Mm -hmm. interesting uh what about um scotch versus bourbon how often Uh, uh, what percentage of your whiskey drinking is uh, bourbon would you say so recently in the last and recently i mean like the last two to three years uh, I've I've flipped to drinking more bourbon than scotch. It used to be the other way around. Yeah, I think I would um, agree with that. By the way, and uh, and I've I've gone more bourbon than scotch. So I would probably say 
70 percent bourbon now and then the scotch is when i want to kind of treat myself or have a little something different mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that's interesting so that's it that's and every once in a while there's that little sliver like on a plot on the pie chart this is the little sliver um that uh that i go to my peated shelf mm -hmm. and i go oh man i just want something mm -hmm. over the top you know you uh, want to get get a little crazy yeah and i have a i have a quarter cask uh uh lafrag that's <laughs> barreled at 46 percent. how think. long has that lasted like how long have you had it i think about three or four years yeah maybe. yeah that seems right. like that's not yeah. something you just mow through no, a no, lot of times absolutely. i gotta go uh, home and have I, some more of that lafrag yeah, yeah yeah well i have an ard bag that gets beat up pretty good but that's real <laughs> peaty you know yeah and yeah. that's like when when someone like i like pete oh yeah here try this <laughs> um and so i've got a few of those like i've got, I've got a um uh, what's the other one i have the uh Kilhoman mm. is quite peaty as well, and it's quite good. That one gets beat up a little the more often. The only peaty one I have is a Kilhoman. Yeah, and, the Kilhoman's good. It's almost gone. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a break and uh, return momentarily uh, because in our next segment, we'll get into a little bit of drinking news. Our drinking news teaser headline uh, for this show is Is that a live penguin in your pants? We'll be mm -hmm. right back. He's smoking and toasting. Love that idea. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. By the way, during, during the break, I found the list that I was looking for rather than the bourbon list that we just did. So um, we'll get to it. It was best bourbons of the last year. So, uh, we'll, so we'll get to that later in the segment. But right now, we have to do the one that everyone seems to clamor for. And to be honest with you, I do not know why. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time. For drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> that cheers, y'all sounded extra gravelly after this that tequila. Was nice, right? yeah, that, was, that was nice. Well, welcome to Drinking News. This is our segment of the program where we bring you a story that did, uh, to the best of our knowledge, actually happen somewhere. In other words, this isn't parody news like the, like the Onion. Uh, and these stories are occasionally and actually even often about drinking. But even when they're not, they're always stories that are best consumed when you've been drinking and so today's drinking news has me being very pensive very thoughtful as a self-described animal lover and i know many of you are right I'm, i've always felt a little weird about sea world right after all the things that you've heard about you know sea animals lower life expectancy in captivity and it, it's still though a compelling argument to point out that letting people especially kids uh, not only see whales and dolphins, etc., up close, is actually good for not only education, but for helping kids to develop sensitivity towards the creatures with which we share this planet, right? Uh, and I'm sure that for every story that you hear about a trainer who doesn't treat his sea lions or whatever properly, there's probably dozens, if not hundreds, of SeaWorld trainers who love and care for their animals as best as they can. So it's not that. What really bothers me about SeaWorld 
is that you go to SeaWorld, you buy your ticket, you pay to get in, and then you walk around looking at all the marine life, learning new respect for it, learning how unique and important every one of these creatures is. You walk around, you work up an appetite from all that walking, so you make your way to the in-park cafes and you munch down on fish and chips or a fried fish sandwich or conch fritters. It's kind of like going to see the big bears at the zoo and then stopping by the zoo's snack bar for a nice hot treat of grizzly on a stick. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, it just doesn't seem right somehow. And one more question, by the way. Why is every SeaWorld's killer whale named, named Shamu? Every single one. There's like uh, 20 SeaWorlds around the world. Shamu They're has to come with a serial named number now. Shamu, yeah? Every single killer whale I've ever heard of is named Shamu, except for that one that got freed and his name was Willie. <laughs> Even so. Even so I for freed all this. Willie once. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to go there. That's that's a completely different uh uh, uh, drinking news story. Uh, anyway, even with all of this, I do have a bit of respect for SeaWorld. And none at all for the subject of today's drinking news story. A Wales couple. Yes, Wales is a country. It's in the UK. It's next to England. Google it. A couple from Wales was visiting a SeaWorld in Australia when they got the bright idea to go back to their hotel do a lot of drinking oh, and then yeah. and then come back oh, well, hold on that plan's not bad so far yeah but then the uh, here's here's where it goes a little oh, awry goes a little <laughs> they decided to go back to the hotel do a lot of drinking and then come back when they could enjoy the park more privately oh. and so nice and sauced on cheap wine 21 year old reese owen jones and 20 year old carrie mules decided to take their vacation to a whole other level. wonder they, which box of wine they were drinking. They came back after closing time and managed to break in to the SeaWorld Down Under and found that they had the park to themselves. Jones and Mules, which sounds like a bad Polly Shore movie, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, Jones and Mules left a trail of destruction in their wake inside Fishneyland as they vandalized the park jumped in and swam around with the dolphins and set off a fire extinguisher in the shark tank. That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, after wow. And then after having their fun, the couple decided to commemorate their SeaWorld romp by taking home a souvenir. And what a souvenir it was. Oh, no. They took with them a real, live, black and white penguin named Dirk. When they woke up in their hotel room the next morning, hungover and confused, the pair tried their incompetent best to care for Dirk. They put him in the shower. They fed him scraps of food. They even gave him one of those $45 bags of famous Amos chocolate chip cookies from the minibar. <laughs> but as they began to sober up... Whose they net weight, by the way, <laughs> is 0.5 ounces. Exactly. But as they began to sober up, they realized that Maybe taking a live penguin had not been their finest decision. Uh, it's not exactly like you can stuff him under your clothes and take him on the plane back to Wales. Hey, is that a live <laughs> penguin in your pants? Or are you just happy to see you know, me? So hold on, hold on a second. So the best part of this is, right, like, they got away with it. Yeah. They right? broke they in. They got, they got away, away with it. But that's like. That's the definition of a white elephant right there. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, crap. Exactly. What do we do with this now? And now you can imagine they're sitting there thinking, 
okay, we got to take it back, but how do we get it back without getting caught yet again? Exactly, exactly. So, and and what I love about this whole thing is it gives me the chance to very legitimately utter this sentence. Hey, is that a live penguin in your pants? Or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> right? I mean, how, when else do you get to say that? So even though they were substantially less drunk than when they'd snatched the poor animal, uh, their idea for what to do about it was not exactly brilliant either. Uh, in a move that would make any Florida man proud, they decided their best course of action, because they couldn't take it back to the park, as you pointed out, they'd be, you know, captured immediately. Their best course of action, they decided, was to release him into a nearby canal. Problem was, they were spotted by locals as they bumbled around trying to wrangle poor Dirk out of their rental car, which now, by the way, smelled distinctly of anchovies. Uh, Australian police arrived because good old Dirk put up a fight. Australian police arrived and they took Jones and Mule to the final destination of their Aussie vacation, a walkabout at the jail down under. Uh, they were eventually released after they were each fined 1000 Australian dollars and sent home in disgrace. Fortunately, Dirk was rescued and returned to SeaWorld unharmed, except for displaying a new and rather voracious appetite for famous Amos cookies. So uh, what have we learned here? If you want to swim with the dolphins, SeaWorld Australia is not the best place. If you want a souvenir... Just go with one of their stuffed penguins or a dolphin T-shirt or anything that doesn't eat anchovies and mini bar cookies, right? <laughs> Reporting live from the snack bar at SeaWorld, where that Shamu burger is actually looking really delicious. My name is Cruz, and that is your drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> I had to actually swallow the tequila. I was savoring it, and I, I was like, "Oh, I got to say cheers, y'all!" So I good tequila. Swallowed. It really is. It's and it gets like like most tequila gets better and better as you continue to drink it, and and that's not just because of the alcohol involved. It's like the flavors get uh, just better and better, and I absolutely dig it. So, uh, Ian, we've got a uh, we've got a porter to try here, and I am also going to read you the list now of what I had intended to read. Uh, earlier and couldn't find it. I found it during the break. It is the list from Yahoo Finance because, quite frankly, if you want to know about bourbon, that's where you go. Is <laughs> Yahoo. Yahoo Finance? Yeah. Um, commercials. Yahoo. Yeah. Remember those? Remember when Yahoo was actually something somebody used? Yeah. I had a Yahoo email address at one time. I did too, actually. Yeah. Now that I yeah. think about it. Man, that was before everybody just gave up and went to to Gmail. Uh, anyway. Uh, anyway, most disciples of whiskey consider the below requirements to be the five commandments of bourbon. And then they list four. Um, it must be aged at least two years in charred white oak barrels. We agree with that. It must contain 51% corn mash. We agree with that. The in-barrel liquid must not exceed 125 proof uh, to be considered bourbon. That's correct. And it must be bottled at at least 80 proof. So with all of that in mind, here is the list of Yahoo Finance's top bourbons of the year for this last year. Uh, we will start with number 10, Maker's Mark 46. And by Bad the way, Maker's Mark 46 is really good. I have to tell you. 
Ooh, I just cussed. I should not say that. Good whiskey. <laughs> you can say badass. That's okay. Okay, you can say that. We're, we're trying to learn, because the show's about to be syndicated on radio stations all over the United States. Exciting. And so we're trying to learn what words we can say and what words we can't. You can say badass. Can I say okay. pregnant? Only if you and I are in separate chairs. Okay. Like the Lucy show back like in the day. <laughs> Maker's Mark 46, uh, number 10 on the list. That's it's, great whiskey. It's a $30 whiskey. I mean, yeah. the MSRP is like $30.50. That's that's great. And it's a number 10 on the list. Uh, oh, slightly more expensive at 60 bucks. Number nine, Oak and Eden, in bottle finished. Have you That's, had that? Yes, I have. It's yeah. nice. Uh, not one of my favorites, <clears throat> but it's nice. Okay. Gotcha. Then coming in at number eight, Uncle Nearest, 1884 small batch whiskey with four Markham Marquis by Waterford double old fashioned glasses, whatever all of that means. I think it's a, a, a gift set, but mm -hmm. uh, it's $114.99. Hadn't tried it. You haven't tried Uncle Nearest 1884? I would have expected that you would have. Fascinating. Have you tried number seven? Brothers Bond Original Cask Strength at $79.99. Uh, the picture here is of nope. the brothers. It's not uh, so much of the bottle. So, How about Fry Ranch Straight Bourbon Whiskey? We mm -mm. talked about this a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I have not tried that. It made another list, I think. Uh, and number five, Off Hours Bourbon Whiskey. It is a forty six ninety nine. No, actually, okay. there's a bunch so, of them here that I haven't here. tried at all. Yep. How about Keeper's Heart Irish and Bourbon Whiskey? Nope. A Tale of Two Whiskeys. I don't whiskeys, think I've ever even seen that. That comes in on this list at number four. Number three, now I know you got this one, Fall, Four Roses Small Batch Select. That's a good it's whiskey. It's a really good whiskey. It's a number <laughs> That's three a on good the list. whiskey right there. Uh, Bespoken Spirits Straight Bourbon Whiskey at $50 I've or $46. I've seen that. I've not tried it. And number one. On the list, Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve 20-Year-Old Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Now, I know you got a bottle of this on your whiskey shelf because I know you coughed up the $5,131. If I had a bottle of that on my whiskey shelf, I would sell it and buy a lot of whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's as much as I would love to taste that, I, I, there's no way I could justify buying it. Like you said, sell it and buy a bunch of whiskey. Yeah. When I get to a point in my life where thousands of dollars don't mean that much— you know, well, there is an audience for that. It's people yeah. who, you know, who having that in their bar, that status. I'm not saying it isn't good. It's probably fantastic. Oh, I bet it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but every Pappy Van Winkle I've tried is amazing. But is it $4,900 better? Listen, listen, if, if I go into a store and I think, okay, I'm going to buy a whiskey today. I always have a budget of some sort in mind, right? And mm -hmm. that budget depending on the day, depending on, you know, when I got paid, those kind of things can vary. But if I think to myself, oh, uh, like any given day, 20 to $30 is not breaking any bank, and right. I can certainly buy anything in that range, no problems, right? If I'm ever financially at a point where that $5,000 is the same as my 20 or $30 today, that's fine. I'll buy Pappy Van Winkle. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not at that point. I get that there's an audience, and for those for those of you that make that money, Dude, that's awesome. What is the most Let me try it. What is the most expensive spirit you've ever tasted? We, two two come to mind for me. We've had some of the pappies. 
Yes. Uh, but we also had that uh, Balvenie 30 uh-huh. that, and that Ladybird 42. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty pricey. And then the other one that comes to mind, remember when we had the guy on from Heaven's Door, Bob Dylan's yes. whiskey uh, oh, company? And yes. he had that one bottle that was in, came in that case. It was about a $400 bottle of whiskey. So yeah. that one qualifies in the very expensive. And that was really quite good. Yeah. Now, but even there, like that's hard for me to imagine spending four hundred dollars on that instead of on you know four bottles of a yeah. great hundred dollar whiskey. You know, yeah, and uh, and again, like I said, if you've got the jack to spend and that's your passion, because there's another part of it too. If that's your passion and that's what you spend money on, right? You know, more power to you. Uh, I spend money on guitars and guitar pedals, right? And, and I'm sure you've got tools. some. I'm sure you've got some that other guitar players would think are. You know, well, that's really lavish to spend that much on a guitar. Yes. Because yes. you're a collector and a connoisseur of the instrument. Yeah, I don't have, I don't have like over the top guitars that uh, that are just collector value. I have guitars that I play, right. and some of them are pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, and some of them aren't. But you're right. If if this is your thing, of collecting and tracking down these rare yeah, and expensive whiskeys, if that's, if that's your thing, thing money, and um, then every time you open that bottle and take a, a you know, take a little uh, bit of it out and pour it into your glass and then sip on it, you're going to enjoy that experience so much because yes. it's part of what you're passionate about, yes. right? And and if you are one of those people and you want to let me try it, I will certainly let you try either one of my handmade guitars. You, they can play your guitars. Yeah. Or or one of my very expensive, uh, <laughs> very well set up guitars that I did myself. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, back in the days when I was in uh, broadcast radio, um, one of the cool things about it was being invited out for you know, like dinners and, and drinks with people who were trying to, you know, carry influence with you so you'd play their records or whatever, mm -hmm. and many of whom had these enormous expense accounts. I got to eat at some restaurants I'd have never been able to afford yeah. to eat at based on the money I was making. In fact, I remember one of the biggest, when I worked for uh, Clear Channel, I remember distinctly the wonderful moment where we had this company Christmas party and everybody all came together to celebrate the holidays. And then there was that wonderful moment where the uh, the um, uh, CFO of the company uh, stood up and sang us our Christmas bonus. Sang? Yeah, that was our Christmas bonus. It was Your sung to us. Christmas bonus. Yeah, yeah, that was it. So, yeah, didn't make a lot of money, but... I love your career channel stories. The perks, though, of being yeah. in that industry at that time were really something. I mean, I got to got to uh, eat and drink stuff I never would have been able to afford myself. You know what? So I get it. If you have the money for that, it's 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 a status thing. It's the cool. perks of this show are the same way. I've gotten to try through the generosity of people we've had on the show mm -hmm. and friends mm -hmm. that we've made on the show. I've gotten to try whiskeys that there's no way, like way outside my price bracket. Sure, absolutely. I have no problems admitting that. Way outside my price bracket. Uh, and I absolutely love that. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing. Absolutely like, love that. Because to be able to try something like that that you wouldn't have gotten to and to have that experience, to me, because to me, that's what all of this is about, whether it's cigars, whether it's craft beer, whether yeah. it's spirits, it's about creating these experiences. Oh, that I was make gonna say life. samples, but okay. Okay, well, you know, 100%, but, <laughs> but, but I'm saying it's, it's not so much about just getting, you know, toasty. 
Yeah. It's it's about the experiences that you create with all of this. You texted me the other night. You texted me this great picture of wherever you and your wife were out at, and it was you obviously had I don't I didn't know exactly what beer it was, but you obviously had what looked like a really delicious craft beer mm-hmm. in a glass, and you had your cigar just resting on the top mm-hmm. of the glass. I figured you'd appreciate I thought, that. That's just, but it's about that experience. Yeah. You yeah. guys were out enjoying each other, having this great experience, and so to me, that's what all of this is about. It's about teaching ourselves, the people that like this stuff, how to further deepen those experiences, whether it's understanding the spirits more or learning more about the cigars or the tobacco or how it's uh, how it's well, grown. And just the conversations, mm-hmm. like just the, the me and you sitting down like, here's the thing. We can sit down and stare at each other yeah. or we can have a drink and we can talk about it. It's a great conversation starter. And that's one of the great things about like bombers or like, a, a, you know, because yeah, we, as we talked about earlier in the show, right? You have that bomber and it's something amazing and something interesting and different. And all you're doing is talking about it. And I love that. I want to talk about this porter. What do you think of this? So I hope you like coffee, and I hope you like coconut. Yeah, well, it's de- it's it's labeled as a coconut porter. It's called Fatso. It's from American Solera Brewing, and porters, it is definitely— Porters in general can tend towards coffee flavors mm-hmm. anyway, but this mm-hmm. is a little over-the-top uh, coffee and and coconut. Mega like, coffee. I, they didn't add coconut. coffee. It just happens to have that flavor as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. The coconut is definitely there, and I like coconut. I, yeah, you know, I do too. I like a Mounds bar. So it makes me think of coffee and German chocolate cake because German chocolate cake obviously has that coconut. Well, and this is, I think, part of the coffee flavor you're getting is from the porter, but also because of the toasted coconut. Those toasted mm-hmm. flavors tend to tend to lend a little bit Lean of that. And toasted coffee, coconut yeah. is a different kind of flavor than just coconut as well. Yes, it it absolutely is. Well, I think this is really good. Um, it's it's hard to we should we should do uh, this was, is thick too yeah, like it, this it, is this it's more thick like a like a stout almost yeah. than a uh, than a porter well, we should do a porter blind taste test that would be a very interesting one I'm, it'd be I'm hard all over that it'd be hard to set up because i mean the porter's not the most common beer style that there's you a see. lot of porters out there though you want to go with difficult to set up try barley wine blind taste <laughs> test i love barley wines uh can you imagine, though, a barley wine blind taste test? We'd be opening all these barley wines and only pouring just enough then we'd to have do to the taste. Them. Then we'd have to drink all the rest of that barley wine. And barley wines usually start in a neighborhood of 10. Yeah. Yeah. And go up mm-hmm. substantially. And you're not talking $10. You're talking 10 <laughs> ABV. 10%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, so what do you think of this one? Fatso, what do you do? You like I it? I like it. I actually do like it. Um, it's it's got a a nice kind of brightness on the finish and the mm-hmm. aftertaste too that I didn't expect Sweet, from it. Yeah. Uh, there's a sweetness to it, but not not a um, not too syrupy kind of sweet. Although the it's more liquid like coconut, itself I think. is pretty thick. I think a coconut is what lends it the sweetness. Yeah, it's yeah. it's coconutty sweetness, um, and and it's got that coffee kind of bitter that backs it up and finishes nice. So mm-hmm. I think I think we've got a. Our whole show has been winners on the drinks today. Yeah, I, I like when that happens. Mm-hmm. And then every once in a while, we have a Malort episode. Once in a while, yeah. It happens. Uh, all right. We're going to take a break and be right back. We'll talk a little bit about next week's show and uh, some of the cool things we have coming up in the weeks to come. It is smoking and toasting, and uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. 
show number 313. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We've been talking about best this. bourbons, best cigars, and best Texas beers today. Um, and I will say, as, as two guys that live in Texas, I don't know if I could narrow down what I thought were my favorite Texas beers. There's just so many that I love from the state. And I'm, I'm so glad to see the state getting a little more recognition for some of the brewing innovation that happens here. So I don't know if you get this in other states. Uh, and as you, again, chime in on comments if you're watching us on YouTube um, or, uh, or Facebook, either one. Uh, but I, I don't know if other states have what we have where when you go into a, a liquor store here, and it doesn't matter whether it's Total Wine or Specs is a big one that we have here, mm -hmm. um, or an independent liquor store, there's always a, a Texas section. Right. And, right. and the Texas section can be pretty amazingly big. Mm -hmm. at, um, at Specs Downtown, the Texas section is it's an whole, entire aisle. Oh yeah, both sides of the aisle. Both sides yeah. of the aisle, it's an entire aisle. Yeah, it's, it's the awesome. same size, if not bigger, than the uh, imported section. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's the same size as... The all other beers section. Right, yeah, because the Specs downtown, which is, this is where I usually shop. There's a whole aisle that's Texas. There's a whole aisle that's imports. And yes. then there's a whole aisle that's kind of like everything else. You know, and then a whole aisle head and, that's and, bombers. Yeah, right, yeah, and that's a fun <laughs> or, aisle, too. Or those, those kind of you buy one. Yeah, those. that's okay. a fun it aisle, It is too. a beautiful place, yeah. by the way. I and I, and I, you know what else I love about it? What's that? I love that uh, the uh, the macro beer section in the cooler Seems to be getting smaller. It's, it's all the way in the corner. Yeah, seems to be getting it's, smaller. It's a, it is the smaller section. It's the smallest section of beer. Because well, here's the deal. Like when you go shop for beer, mm -hmm. you don't go shop. Like, and I'm talking about like go look around shopping yeah. for macro brew. Right. You, you go know, grab you your around thing shopping and go. So and you then get need, a Budweiser. Yeah. You don't need a lot of selection. You right. just you need, need stock. to know where to get it. Yeah. And exactly. you go grab it and you go. But when you when you appreciate beer that's not macro brew that's when you shop and you wander around and you look at all the labels and all that stuff by the way i wanted to cover this before we went we talked on last week's show about how fireball whiskey fireball cinnamon whiskey yeah, yeah. is under um under fire some pressure some fire uh because apparently their mini bottles the airplane size mm -hmm. bottles uh do not actually contain any whiskey similarly we found out this week that there is a distinct possibility that Michelob Ultra could be coming under fire for not including any beer. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll uh, let we'll you know. We'll keep you updated. We'll keep you updated uh, on all of that. I watched uh, I watched <laughs> a YouTube channel and uh, it was uh, I think a British guy tasting uh, oh American macro brews. Yeah. Oh my god! I bet he was disgusted. And uh, and one of them was Michelob Ultra, and he was like, "This is this is just." I, I wish I could remember the the video and the guy, but he was like, "This this is just water. This is like not even like." And he's blind tasting everything. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah I bet it was. I bet it was. Uh, a couple of things to watch out for next week's show, if all goes according to plan, will be a pipe show. It's been a long time since we've done a pipe it's been show. A while. Our pipe shows seem to be very popular. And you have so a very nice pipe. I do, and I'm very really looking forward to smoking it next week with you. Uh, so we're not sure exactly where that'll be, and. That could change, but the plan right now is for next week's show to be a pipe show. The pipe show. Then, uh, coming up on the 13th of February, uh, Sean Hanrahan will be joining us. He's with Platypus Brewery. Oh, nice. Yeah, and so he'll be joining us on the show. We'll be talking Platypus beers. And then the following week on the 20th of February, 
Abby Heim will join us. Abby is with Pink Boots. And I don't know everything about Pink Boots, but the one thing I do know about them is that they are very much about promoting women in craft beer. Awesome. So it ought to be great to drink some beers with Abby and nice. uh, talk a little bit about uh, uh, everything that uh, is going on uh, with Pink Boots, which I, I love I love that whole name anyway, Pink Boots. Mm -hmm. so, so Ian, quite a show today. Luna Zool. I mean, that was just absolutely Winner. outstanding. Uh, the Fatso, uh, American Solera. Pretty nice. Uh, Porter. We both were pleasantly surprised, I think, at the Dogfish Head. I thought that was... Uh, with Juniper. Pretty yeah. good. And uh, uh, although... It wasn't a favorite of our engineer, of John's, because he's not a big fan of wheat beer. I thought the Bell's uh, wheat beer that also we used to open good, the show yes. was also very, very good. So um, pretty good. Uh, so pre coming out of fall. today, I will tell you there's going to be some uh, uh, some adult beverage store um, exploration here with especially the Bell's and the tequila and the luna Zool. all right well that's good luna that's good Zool. well this is fun to say luna Zool. it is fun and, and there are some tequila names that are a little hard to say luna Zool is not luna one of them Zool. luna Zool. you can say it be the gatekeeper and pretend to be Zool. Right? yeah right right yeah. and also you can say it and pretend to be antonio banderas <laughs> luna Zool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you folks so much for coming in and being a part of our program. We are smoking and toasting. Uh, more details coming up on how smoking and toasting uh, will be heard soon on a broadcast radio station near you. It's like I'm going back to my old haunts and going back to broadcast radio. How fun. Awesome. All right. Have a great week, my friends. We uh, love you and we can't wait to uh, share more drinks with you. And until then, cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. So you. Whatever happens, don't leave it so soon